Alright guys, we're wasted. We're trying to get on the Chris Jericho cruise. We're giving each other the walls of Jericho every day for 120 days and counting. Look us up on Instagram, Spotify. Check us out guys. We're wasted. You're listening to Mitch Please. Mitch Lee since 2016. Flying with angels, dancing with devils, hiding between a saint and a rebel. Trying to live my best life, go into it like a WWF fight. And the fans are screaming, they got my back like I'm really beaming. So beat me up, Scotty. Kicking down doors like I know karate. I got the fuego like Mojave. Getting high is my hobby. Mitch Lee from 2016. Podcast so ill, let my catch a body. Can't no one harm me. It would take more than the army to stop Mitch Valentine from doing what he gotta do. He stays on his grind. R.I.P. Joe Rogan, y'all better know that we coming, we are ever running, so turn up the sound and keep it 100, keep it, keep it, keep it 100, Mitch Valentine, keep it 100, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it 100, Mitch Green Podcast, keep it 100, that's chill, yeah, hashtag make dreams happen, Pro Championship Entertainment at Heartbreaker MV at PCE since 2015. Yeah, follow your dreams, y'all. Mitch Lee since 2016. We are live down here in Simi Valley, California, right outside the RCT Pro Wrestling School. I've got with me, right here on Mitch Please, he is rude, crude, and tattooed. He is brawling Bo Cooper. Welcome to Mitch Please. Hey Mitch, how you been, brother? It's been a while since I've seen you or kicked your ass, man. I haven't uh, heard from you, man. Did you disappear on me or what? Man, it's, it's been five years, man. We, we wrestled down there in Ventura and uh, got to come out here today at your wrestling school, man. Get in the ring for the first time in a year and a half. Bump around. Uh, you got a great school out here in Simi Valley. How did it all start for you in the wrestling business, Bo? Well, thanks for uh, complimenting the school. You know, I know it's not your typical school. It's right out of my garage, but there's other schools out there, man, to be honest with you, that are in uh, shittier little uh, buildings that, you know, are uh, uh, less, less, less... uh, fancier than mine so but my guys are cool and uh, to ask, answer your question uh, I was a fan growing up you know I always watched WWF as a kid and I always would uh, have my mom give me tickets to go to the LA Sports Arena when I was at a very young age and one day you know I've told the story so many times but it's always a trip to me because uh, I was just a mark kid you know I was 13 years old and I went down to the LA Sports Arena with my mom and I started watching uh, all the wrestlers show up because we got there early they were loading in all their gear bags and I remember I yelled out at one of the wrestlers. I said, hey, I want to be a pro like you one day. And the guy actually, uh, the wrestler took his time to come talk to me. Uh, he gave me a card with uh, a business card uh, that was called uh, Bill Anderson's Wrestling School at the time. Um, Bill Anderson was actually the refer- I'm sorry, the ring announcer that night at the LA Sports Arena for WWF. My mom called the school. Uh, Bill advised that I was a little too young at the age of 13. He wants me to at least be 14, so I had to wait a year. By that time... Um, 
I heard on a public access channel, which was called Wrestling with Shadows, that there was a wrestling school called the School of Hard Knocks. So I said, well, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. I called up the number that they were providing. I talked to a gentleman by the name of Jesse Hernandez, who also did WWA refereeing, um, and he advised me to come down, take a look, and within uh, one week I actually went down there with my mom. Bill Anderson and Jesse actually partnered up. So it was a real cool coincidence that Bill and Jesse were partners at the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, the gentleman that gave me the card at the time, the wrestler, his name was Louis Spicoli, which was Bill and Jesse's student. Nice. Um, yeah, God rest his soul. Uh, but it's one of those things where uh, I, I, I told him, I said, hey, I'm only 14, you know, will you guys take me? And they said, yeah, we can get you in the ring, because I was a big kid, you know, so they gave me a little bit of a, you know, confidence, I guess. But I got my ass kicked for about two years, had my first pro match in 96, and I never stopped. Man. Yeah, Jesse Hernandez, man, no doubt a, a, a legend in, in wrestling, especially here in California. Um, everybody knows that name. What were some of the other notable names that came out of that school maybe that you trained with? Uh, at the time, I mean, there's guys that have been, you know, coming out of the school hard knocks. Jesse's pretty much had a dabble with a lot of famous guys, man. You know, Rico Constantino was there. Uh, he, he's known for his uh, role in WWF. There was uh, Molina. She was in there with us, you know, from WWF, beautiful diva. Uh, at the time, Chris Daniels came from Chicago, and he, you know, was already a pro, but he uh, sharpened up his, you know, tools and his in-ring wrestling skills at Jesse's for at least two years. There's guys named, you know, Luis Picoli, like I mentioned, Bobby Bradley, Ariel Salt, who was tag team champion with Rob Van Dam and uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, you know, the guys like Suicide Kid, Mikey Henderson. He, he was, uh, he never got signed, but he should have. You know, he was about five foot eight, uh, tan toned. You know, he could do the best moonsaults I've ever seen. But yeah, man, Jesse's always, you know, been a pro and had a lot of pro famous guys and, and you know, come in and out of the wrestling uh, school that they were at. And so did Bill. You know, Bill's been in the business so long. So it was just an honor and a pleasure to get taught by guys that, you know, were in WWF, you know, for a fan like me to go to a wrestling school where I actually watched the ring announcer and the referee, you know, at the LA Sports Arena teach me. Nice, man. I feel like there was a documentary that I, I think I saw you in uh, through the Hard Knocks. Well, it was, like, <laughs> it was like the Hard Knocks school training, and you were in there training with the guys. Uh, does that ring any bells? Yeah, was it the Travel Channel, maybe? Probably. Yeah, it was one of those. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I've been in a lot of documentaries here and there. Um, the one that I remember the most was the Travel Channel, and they did an in-ring uh, you know, uh, interview with all of us, and they showed the school. And uh, You might have seen me on the Man Show. I was uh, nice. I was literally on the Man Show, uh, an episode where uh, Adam Carolla and uh, Kimmel went in there and messed around, and I was only probably 17 at the time, but we kicked their ass, and they never came back. You know? <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Man, so you started wrestling, you started training at 14. Mm -hmm. When did you have your first match? Two years later, man. 16? Yeah, I was 16 on my uh, 16th birthday. Um, It was, no, I'm sorry. It was May 4th. So it was a couple days, a couple like almost a month after my birthday. April twenty second was my birthday, uh, but I wrestled under a hood, man, because I had such a baby face. I had blonde hair, long. I was a big old chunky kid, baby face, you know. So they said, "Hey, well, you know, I, I hope they did it for my sake of covering me up because they knew that I would at least be a decent worker one day." Because I was, even though I trained for two years, you know, I was pretty slow learning. Um, so they put me under a gimmick called the American Hangman. It's actually right there. I don't know if you see it, but it's on my wall. It's yeah. just a black hood. Came out with the noose. Uh, it was like a cowboy hanging gimmick. Wrestled in that for about a year and a half. <clears throat> Got my feet, you know. How did that feel that first time going out there, man, in front of the crowd, knowing that you're you're living your dream, man, you're, you're about to wrestle your first match? I mean, do you remember that feeling? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I remember when they handed me, uh, for my birthday, the flyer that I was on, and it was just a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, I wrestled a dude named Crazy KC. He was a legit 380-pound biker that was about 42 <laughs> years old. He had a goatee past his fucking chest. He was 
fucking huge and I was I knew he would take care of me but you know being a a, a teenager wrestling a big old biker dude yeah. uh, I just you know said hey whatever you want to do sir you know but I went out there and we actually had a really good match man we had a really good match you know he he didn't take liberties on me like a lot of fucking guys would you know and later on that night I uh wrestled in a battle royal and Luis Piccoli tackled me and took my mask off and threw it in the crowd just to rip me so I had to cover my face and run to the back man but <laughs> welcome to the business kid you know man I mean you've done so much Bo it's, it's hard to really like, cover every single thing that you've done but what are some of the like things that stand out maybe that first let's say four or five years maybe even decade into the business because you've been doing this for 23 years yeah. so I mean let's let's talk about that first half right so that first decade in man what were some of the things that really stood out to you that you just will cherish forever well, I remember probably, you know, the biggest thrill was a weekend where I I was wrestling uh, under the doink costume, believe it or not, because I had the same stature as Matt Bourne, and Jesse had a doink costume, and he would make, obviously, a lot of money off it, you know, and uh, I, I didn't care. I said, hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity, Jesse, even though it's not, you know, Bo Cooper. I was used to being under a hood from the hangman previously, so I went to uh, Tijuana with Jesse and Bill Anderson. I, they, I got in their car and they drove me to the actual auditorium, the, the Tijuana auditorium, and I got to tag. Uh, it was Doink the Clown, which was myself, Honky Tonk Man, and Parato Morgan versus Los Brazos in front of you know six thousand, seven thousand people. Yeah. So that felt, you know, even though it wasn't me, it was an experience to say, hey, I just got done wrestling in Tijuana, and then the next night I had a match, man, at the famous uh, San Bernardino, uh, um, San Bernardino Arena, and it was as myself the brawler Bo Cooper versus a, a, a legend in SoCal named Tim Patterson who used to tag team with uh, Bill Anderson as one of the mercenaries and he was a legend in Mexico as well he's a big old tall white dude I mean literally just one of the nicest guys I ever met but he was a big old tall buff white guy and we had a hardcore match it was my first hardcore match so that actually opened up my uh, my taste buds for you know blood and, and the ultra violence and the hardcore hitting and we tore it up man so that weekend was definitely one of the most memorable weekends uh, when I was first starting out for sure and then of course you know getting a chance to work guys <clears throat> like the honky tonk man you know uh, I've wrestled him probably seven times now, man, as Doink or, and as Bo Cooper. You know, I gave him the shake, round and roll, which is an honor, you know. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked a lot of legends, man. I just never made a lot of money, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you bring up the hardcore stuff, man, because I remember before I wrestled you, I, I researched you, and I noticed. I was like, man, this guy's in a lot of hardcore matches. And uh, I was like... So, yeah, but I noticed you've done a lot of, like, hardcore stuff. And then I also noticed, like, you've done a lot of stuff horror movie like wise like, can you talk about that a little bit well I mean I was always a fan of two things in my life horror movies and uh, pro wrestling and you know I've watched horror movies since I was a kid I even had a horror gimmick at one point you remember that with uh, a couple guys up north you know and I, we were called a creep show I painted the face with a skull so I was always a huge fan of horror you know uh, movies and you know I, I've, I've loved Halloween and horror since I was a kid just like I did pro wrestling it was two of my main hobbies so I got actually blessed um, you know now within the last two years I've been working for a big company called Trigger Tree Studios uh, it's my full-time job um, they're the biggest company that produces high-quality masks props you know uh, makeup etc which is awesome because you know now that I'm obviously not wrestling you know around the nation I have to obviously pay my bills because wrestling doesn't pay shit <laughs> unless you're signed you know obviously but it's one of those things where uh, you know I couldn't be happier I transitioned into pro wrestling uh, into horror you know so that's two of my main goals that I always want to accomplish at least at least you know to have fun with it and that's what I'm doing so it's awesome brother and like, and like we said man you've been doing this for a long time I mean 
What are some other things that maybe stand out that later part of your career? I mean, you said you've worked the Honky Tongue Man. I mean, you've worked a bunch of legends, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can sit here and name a couple men. I mean, I've worked like uh, Tony Atlas, Tom Brandy, Vampire Warrior, Gangrel. Nice. Uh, you know, Gangrel's awesome. Oh, I love him, man. You know, it was funny because uh, in 98, Bill and Jesse, uh, they closed the school down for about two years. They, they did a, their separate thing. They went their separate ways. And I still wanted a place to train, and I wanted to up my game. Not saying that they didn't teach me the best way they could because, you know, I learned everything I could from them. Um, but I wanted to travel, and I wanted to go somewhere else. So I actually bought a ticket to Tampa, Florida, and I went out and checked Dean Malenko's wrestling school. And I was there for about six, seven months. Uh, I tore my meniscus uh, on a freak accident in the ring. But being out there and learning from Dean, you know, for the, that short period of time was awesome. But the reason I was mentioning Dean is because I, at the time, Gangrel was his uh, trainer, and he actually was the, uh, I'm sorry, he wasn't the trainer. He was their house. He, he Gangrel, you know, got taught uh, by Dean's dad a little bit, so Gangrel was always around training at the school. But my point is, is that I would I lived with Gangrel and Luna at the time because they would open up their uh, their big home in uh, Tampa, Florida. I'm sorry, Clearwater, Florida, for guys that were training at Dean's school. They would be like the mom and dad of wrestling for the students, so they would open up their house and we would pay them rent. But Gangrel was cool, man. I wrestled him, you know, and he's awesome, and we always had good times tagging and beating each other, uh, beating each other up. So, but yeah, man. I mean, I've wrestled guys like Necro Butcher, the Young Bucks. You know, the list goes on, but. Uh, I'm just blessed to, you know, got, get the opportunity to do so, you know? Yeah. You said you tore your meniscus, man. What are some other, like, notable injuries you've had in your 23 years? Everything hurts, bro, right now. I'm, 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 I'm 40 years old almost, man. I'm 39, and my body's legitimately broken, you know? And a lot of people say, hey, man, do you, do you regret it? I mean, I, I don't regret it because it's a... You only live once, and you have a lot of memories, you know, that you're, I'm going to be happy with. But my body is pretty fucked up from this business. Um, my, my hip was the worst injury, and it's still pretty bad. It happened in 2009 during a match. I, I jumped off the apron, and I was supposed to land on uh, the dude on the mat. And I've done the move a million times, but when I landed on my feet, my feet slipped out from under me, and I just landed all my weight on my, uh, my knees. So my knees pressed up into my hip, and I broke my uh, asymptebulum, which is like the socket. And uh, the doctor said, oh, yeah, you're young, it'll heal, and it's never healed, right? So, I mean, I'm living in constant pain, and I can't put one leg down without it, you know, having to base myself first, because I feel like it's just going to give out on me. Um, but I should have stopped wrestling right then and there, and I didn't, um, you know, because once you have done it for so long, it's like your life. Like now, man, I mean, I'm still doing shows here and there, only for certain promotions, you know, if it's worth it, but uh, I'm definitely going to probably call it quits after uh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll still be involved. I'll yeah. still be involved somehow, you know, until the day I die, probably. I mean, like I, like you said, you're here at the wrestling school. I'll be teaching guys. I'll be, you know, involved with the with the Micromania tours, you know, the, the Micromania wrestling, which is, you know, the little guys in there doing their thing. But somehow in the business, I'll always be involved. You, you clearly love wrestling, man. What is it about wrestling you love so much? I hate wrestling, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love wrestling, but I hate it. You know, there's a lot of uh, egos, and there's a lot of... Uh, you know, people out there that think they're the shit when they haven't done shit, you know, and uh, I was never one to stick up, uh, stand up for it because I know what I went through, but to answer your question on a positive note, what are some of the things I love about it? You know, performing, man, you know, putting a smile on people's faces, uh, you know, having kids say you're awesome, cheering your name, uh, you know, just out there doing the thing that I love doing, you know, for so long and just, you know, performing basically, man, and showing showing the crowd, you know, what they got their money's worth to see, you know, punk rock powerhouse, Paul and Bill Cooper, you know. Oh, yeah, brother. What are some of your favorite matches? Of all time, my favorite matches, man. Uh, I'll tell you my favorite match. Um, it was uh, against me, 
and my good friend GQ Money, man, a career versus career match. And it was out here in Simi, which is uh, my hometown. And uh, GQ Money has been known for his work in XPW for a long time. He's done a lot in the industry. Uh, he worked me in an angle where we had a long buildup. He would interfere and kick my ass. I'd kick his ass in his matches for a promotion. And uh, he was going to be going to WWE. He got signed to do uh, creative producing work. So I said, hey, what a better opportunity than me and you have a career versus career. Loser leaves, you know, whoever stays, stays. So it was cool, man. It was 18 years for me, and, like, I think I want to say, like, 16 for him. So we were right there almost, you know, at the same same break in uh, uh, time frame. So we, we kicked each other's ass out here at the Boys and Girls Club, and there was, like, 300 people there, and fireworks were involved, and blood, and false finishes galore, thumbtacks, tables, man, you name it, you know, because I wanted to give a... I want to give the fans at least their money's worth to show us, you know, what uh, my 18 years were worth, you know, and and him. So he's doing big things now, man. I'm jealous of him. I wish I would have never. I wish I would have been the loser, you know. <laughs> I wish I would have gone to NXT, man. You know. What are your some of your favorite promotions that you have worked over the years? Um, shit, Mendetta Pro Wrestling was always fun with my boy Billy Blade. You know, that's where I wrestled you, man. He was uh, always good to me. Um, EWF, where I came from, you know, Empire Wrestling Federation. That'll always be my home. Um, favorite promotions, man. I mean, I, I always, I always did well, man. With uh, this one promotion out in uh, called Battleground Pro Wrestling was fun. I mean, there's so many small promotions out there that have really given you know fans of Southern California and Northern California. All pro wrestling was fun, man. I mean, they gave me a huge opportunity to come up at a young age and, and show uh, Northern California. Uh, what I was all about being a SoCal, you know, kid, you know, at the time. So Roland Alexander was always cool with me. So those are some of my favorite promotions as an independent level. You know? Sure, brother. He said two- Santino Brothers. Santino Brothers. You know, I, I apologize. Uh, I forgot about them. Those were some great shows, man. I worked a lot of uh, a lot of good guys over at Santino Brothers. Um, they had some awesome shows in Newhall and shit. So that was always fun. Done so much, man, and again, I appreciate your time very much. Um, and you've got dinner to eat here, man, and it's it's. Well, I'm fat, brother, so I'm always hungry. Man. I'm hungry too, man. I'm ready to go get some food. Um, but hey, seriously, um, I, I thank you, thank you so much for doing this. And well, um, shit, let me ask you a question: What yeah. are you going to do from here on out? Because I haven't seen you in five years. Are you wrestling still? Are you plan on making a comeback? Or are you pretty much just uh, throwing in the towel that's around your neck and just coming here uh, and training once every time that you're down here? Or are you going to start doing shows again? You know, I, I wanted to see what it felt like, man, because it's been a year and a half since I've been tomorrow. in the ring. Oh, no, I, I'm sure. And, and, again, I appreciate you opening your doors to me today because, yeah, no, it, it, it feels good to be in the ring. Um, but maybe, yeah, like you said, the next day, not so much. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still up in the air with it. I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I've been doing some stand-up comedy. I'm just trying to, trying to make some money and maybe have a family. So, wrestling, it's always tough to have that, too. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm... We'll see what happens. Cool. But for you, man, you said 2019 might be it for you wrestling? I've said that, you know, for the first <laughs> three years, you know, and somehow it always drags me back in. But, yeah, man, I mean, honestly, in-ring after 2019, for me actually performing, you know, in any one-on-one matches or tag matches, you know, I, I can't, man. I mean, my back's shot, my knee's shot, my hip. I mean, I've just done it for so long, you know. My body can only take so much abuse. So, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to be a full-blown cripple, even though I'm, you know, a hunchback cripple once in a while. But... Uh, yeah, man. But other than that, you know, it's one of those things where, like I said, I, I, on a positive note, I've done a lot. It's been an awesome, uh, awesome adventure, you know. Absolutely, man. And again, Bo, thank you for your time. Thank you, man. Where can people find more out about you on social media? Uh, you could go on my uh, Twitter. It's at uh, Brawlinbo. You can go on my Instagram at Brawlinbo. Uh, Brawlinbo. I'm sorry. On Instagram, it's Brawlinbo31. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, add me on Facebook if you want. I think it's Brawlinbo. So everything's Brawlinbo. B R A W L I N B O. Man, that's. Uh, the name of the game.
I appreciate you, man, and uh, it's good seeing you. I'm glad you got in the ring with some of my students and showed them what's up tonight, man. You know, they, they needed to see that, you know, from coming from a good worker like yourself. Thanks, Bo. All right, don't hug me, bro. <laughs> Take care, bro. All right, man. Big shout-out to Bo Cooper, and much love to everyone listening to episode 38 of Mitch, please. Uh, this is Mitch Valentine, and I just wanted to talk about a few things before we close out the show here. I did want to talk about my return to the wrestling ring uh, while I was down there in Southern California uh, with Bo Cooper and his uh, training school, the RCT training school in Simi Valley and his students. And again, thank you to them for allowing me to take part in what they do every week down there and it was my first time in the wrestling ring in 18 months, and uh, it's just something I felt like I had to do. I felt like it was just something that was kind of calling out to me, just saying, hey, there's a wrestling ring right here. You, you don't have to go be around the people that you don't want to be around uh, to be in a wrestling ring. So um, I got in there, and, and I took that first bump, and... It felt fine, really. I was really like, oh, man, how's this first bump going to feel after a year and a half out? Because that's, of course, the longest I've gone outside of a wrestling ring since I was 18, you know, since I started. Uh, I've never gone more than maybe, I don't know, four or five months. And it was a year and a half away. So, yeah, it took that first bump. Uh, everything just felt good. It's just like riding a bike, to be honest. I mean, I was definitely uh, gassed. Uh, it was hot. But, I mean, my gas tank isn't ready to, you know, have a 30-minute match or anything. But, I mean, if it's something I want to do, I feel like, man, you know, six weeks of training, I'd be ready, you know, really, to, to get in there and, and have a high-caliber wrestling match like like I used to be able to do. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's there. And uh, it's just a weird feeling. Like, why why are we so addicted to beating up our bodies, you know? And what is it about wrestling that we just get so much enjoyment out of? And I, I really don't know. Um, I think it's just something that goes back to my love as, as, a, as a fan for, for pro wrestling and what it is and, and what it's meant to me since I was 12 years old. And the fact that I can do it, and I can do it pretty damn good if if I wanted to, uh, it's it's a great feeling. It's it's really to to feel to know that like the thing I've loved since I was twelve years old, you know, I, I did it for a long time, and going on thirty two years old in December, like I could still do it if I wanted to, and I don't know if I want to right now. I do feel that I didn't get the closure that I probably wanted. Uh, so who knows? I might want to eventually get my closure in wrestling. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the closure that I did get, you know, was... It was okay. I mean, it, it's not like I could say, oh, you know, it's, I didn't go out like, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get to do all this. It's not, I got to do a lot of things I wanted to do. And, 
and tell a lot of good stories and they're all documented and they can all be seen by the way at youtube.com slash the image valentine it's really my legacy uh, that youtube channel and everything i i did in wrestling um all, all the stories i told for the most part i mean they're all there and i'm working on putting together a highlight video because uh, i really want something you know three or four minutes that i can just show everything that i've done so um I'm trying to figure out how to do it myself, but if you can help me, if you know how to edit uh, together a highlight video, if you can, if you can give me a hand with that, that would be like really much appreciated. It's something I want to be able to show people and be like, you know, this is what I did, and this is this is who I was as a pro wrestler. And there's so much footage, and there's so much we could do to make this awesome. And it's the reason I, it hasn't been done yet is because if it's going to be done like i want it to be done perfect you know this is it, it means a lot to me uh pro wrestling always has meant a lot to me and continues to do so and we're going to go ahead and transition talking about the state of pro wrestling and you know usually i'll have a guest on uh to talk with me about that i just felt like doing it by myself uh at this time i've uh just been kind of doing my own thing lately and and you know i'm celebrating over 10 months of sobriety and i just don't feel like i have uh the social circle that i used to have and, and that's okay uh i'm doing what's best for me and what's best for my family so yeah anyways uh let's let's talk about the state of wrestling let's talk about uh wwe SummerSlam because that's what's on the horizon right now we're about a week away and we've got a okay card i i don't like nothing's really like super i'm like super excited about uh like last year i think i was i was pretty into the fact that aj styles and samoa joe were, were starting a program and they would go on to have one of the best uh rivalries like one of the best just stories like i have seen on wwe in a, in a while and there's nothing to me of that caliber on this card um we do have brock lesnar and seth rollins and i am a huge brock lesnar fan i really just have been a brock lesnar fan since he started he you know, I've said this before, but he inspired me to, to lift some weights and get in better shape and really be a pro wrestler. I mean, him and The Rock, like that that program they had at SummerSlam 02, which is 17 years ago now, like that whole deal with that training montage, that's what inspired me to get in shape and really uh, transform my body and, you know, want to be a pro wrestler, so... I love Brock Lesnar. I, I think he's the biggest star in pro wrestling and has been for 17 years. Or, you know, I know he took some time off, but but now, I mean, since he's been back, I mean, he really is Mr. SummerSlam when you look at it. I mean, he main evented SummerSlam in 2012, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. And now I can't see him not main eventing 2019 with Seth Rollins. And. I just don't know where you go, you know. Seth already beat Brock at WrestleMania clean. I mean, I'm not clean. There was low blows and stuff, but I mean, he already beat him. I really can't see Seth beating Brock again. Uh, so, if Brock does retain, it's like, where do you go? 
you know, and where do you, where do you go with the uh, WWE Championship? You got Kofi and Randy. That's actually a match that I'm really looking forward to, and Randy could be the guy to to stop this this Kofi mania. Uh, Kofi is great. I just just like a lot of people, I think we're we're really kind of sick of the pancakes and the 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 games and stuff that the New Day does, and it's just it's just kind of played out, man. It's four or five years into this New Day gimmick and. Uh, you know, they're also talented and entertaining, and especially live. Like I've seen them live and the new day live is, is even more entertaining than anything you see on TV. Uh, they're just, they're just great, but it's just kind of played out. You know, I've been waiting for Big E to turn. It hasn't happened yet. And now you got Kofi and Randy and, and that's going to be great. But my question is with these two main titles and really everything that's going on with WWE right now is why are there separate championships? You know, why? Because the brand split is seems to be dead. Everyone's on both shows. We've got some big things happening in the fall, of course, with AEW, which I'll get into in a moment, but also with SmackDown on Fox. And it's like, Let's just combine everything. I'm really sick of it. I'm really, really sick of these, uh, you know, this draft or this uh, brand split not being a thing. If it's a thing, great. I love it. Let it be a thing. But if it's not a thing, let's not pretend that it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and combine all the championships, which is something they really haven't done in a long, long time. Like they haven't had unification tag. ICUS women's and heavyweight and that could be I thought they were going to go that route for SummerSlam because that would have really added some like real interest and um, you know something that matters and something big for this pay-per-view and and there's nothing really big happening at this pay-per-view I mean you got AJ Styles and Ricochet that's going to be a great match we've seen it three times like okay I thought if you would have had Mysterio win that gauntlet, and we got AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio for the first time ever in WWE, that would have been big. That would have been something cool for SummerSlam. But we're not getting that. You know, we're getting Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, which again is something we saw play out what two years ago. I mean, they they went at it for months. Uh, Kevin had butted Vince and busted him open, and Shane and Kevin had a hell in a cell and. And now we're right back to Kevin and Shane. And I just don't understand why. I, I don't understand you know, Kevin Owens. You know, him as a babyface, that's cool. Him using the stunner, that's fine. But him and Shane, it's like, we've seen it. We've seen it. It's not going to help Kevin. I mean, and then Shane's been beating everybody on the roster. So it's like... Might as well put the title on Shane. If you're going to have him beat everybody, he beat Roman, he beat Miz. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just not super excited for the SummerSlam show. I, I did see the, the Trish Stratus return is, is happening against Charlotte, and that's that's cool, you know, kind of to be expected, I, I guess. Once we heard that Trish was going to be on SmackDown, I, I put it together. I was like, oh, cool. Charlotte doesn't have an opponent. Trish is coming back. There you go. Toronto. Good way to get some heat on Charlotte. Um, so, you know, that'll be what it is. Uh, Trish is getting up there and she's in her 40s. So, I mean, Charlotte does a lot of athletic 
you know, high impact things. I mean, but of course she will adapt to Trisha's style and I think they'll have a really good match. And I think the crowd will be into it and we'll have a clear cut baby face and clear cut heel, which is something that really isn't happening, uh, anywhere. Uh, so that'll be cool. And then, you know, the two women's championships, Becky and Natty and Ember and Bailey, again, just really not invested. Uh, you know, just, eh. I mean, Ronda, you, you could just see, like, the, the lack of Ronda Rousey in the women's division is is really noticeable right now. I think the lack of Sasha Banks in the women's division is really noticeable right now. And hopefully some some things change and uh, both those young ladies come back and get involved because the women's division needs them so now let's talk about AEW All Elite Wrestling I've been watching the last three events they did their first three events really they're, they're only three events uh, me and Bradley Rotten who uh, Bradley Rotten just put out his first podcast by the way first two, his first two episodes as I record this he's working on episode number three and I encourage you guys to check that out. Go to Bradley Rotten on Facebook. Follow at Bradley Rotten on Twitter. Uh, I will get him on the show again, and we'll talk more about his podcast. But I'm proud of him. I'm glad he's finally doing it. He's been talking about it for a while, and it's a thing. So check it out. It's called the uh, Rotten Radio Podcast, and you can find it on all his social media platforms. And, yeah, I've been watching AEW with Brad. And we both been like, oh man, we're we're excited. This is like this is this is gonna be great, you know. This new wrestling. I mean, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, Cody, Dustin, and our favorite, of course. I think a lot of people's favorite, MJF. I mean, these guys have some like potential serious superstars on their hand, you know. Obviously, Chris Jericho, Cody. I mean, uh, you know, John Moxley, Dean, Dean Ambrose. Like they're already they're already made superstars. But guys, even Cody, you know, uh, and Dustin, of course, made superstars. But this MJF is, is uh, really good. He's really really good, and he's really the only heel in pro wrestling. I would say right now, um, you know, besides maybe. Uh, I want to say Brock Lesnar, but um, people think Brock's cool. I mean, so really MJF is like the only heel in pro wrestling. And uh, he, he's really, really entertaining. I'm just like, dude's 23 years old. Great look. Can talk his ass off. Can work. Can move around. Doesn't have to do anything, really. <laughs> and it's really, uh, it's really great to see. But overall... My reaction to these last three AEW events are more MJ. I want more of the good stuff. I want more more MJF. I want more Chris Jericho. I want more Rhodes Brothers. I want more John Moxley. I want more Britt Baker and more Brandy Rhodes. And really, like. No one else is really standing out to me. Like, there's, like, this Adam Page guy, like, eh. I mean, I just, I don't know. There's just some things, too, like, with the commentary. It's been kind of rough. I mean, it's not Jim Ross's fault. He's in a three-man booth with two guys that have never really done commentary on this scale, you know, on this level. So, I, I would like to see just... 
AEW pick up a Matt Stryker and put him with Jim Ross and just let them really do their thing like a professional commentary team and maybe, you know, put these guys on a secondary show to, to help them figure it out. El Generico, or not El Generico, but uh, Excalibur. See, I mix them up because they're just they wear masks and uh, just there's no reason for a commentator to be wearing a mask. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I know guys like Jim Cornette have gone out and just destroyed this guy for, for his mask. And, and I agree, you know, I agree, honestly, I agree with so much of what Jim Cornette says. I, I've just got kind of an old school, not really an old school mindset, but just like a, like a real, like good mindset for good pro wrestling. I don't like guys squirting baby oil all over themselves during a match. I mean, that could be contradictory because I, I did a, like a, angle with shoop where we would have baby oil but what we would do with the baby oil is we would rub it before the match like it was a part of the entrance and then the baby oil would only come into play like when it was a part of the finish and we'd squirt baby oil into somebody's eyes like but the guy you know in a in a, in a waist lock and pouring i mean it just makes wrestling look so stupid man the guy's in a waist lock and he's pouring baby oil on himself rubbing himself and then squirt it's like you know squirming out of the waist lock it's like why would the guy hold the waist lock and let that happen like oh my god and there's just so much stuff like that there's just uh you know just some things i've noticed uh with some of the characters and I, and i think they'll just get better I do. I think they'll get better with time. They'll get better with reps, and they'll get better, hopefully, with um, people like Chris Jericho, and people like John Moxley, and people like Cody, uh, steering them in the right direction. You know, I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega. I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. I hope that they, you know. I, I honestly, I don't understand their popularity. I, I really, I'm not trying to be a hater, but I don't understand their popularity. I don't understand why people think they're so great. Uh, none of them, I feel, can talk. None of them really look that good, you know, from a physical perspective as far as, like, in shape. I mean, Kenny's in shape, but, like, I don't know, man. They just, they're just not my thing. They're just not my thing. Um... So, again, not trying to be a hater, but those guys are just not my thing. I'm not impressed. I don't like the way that they make a mockery of wrestling and, and treat it like a joke in a video game. And it's just not my thing. I love Cody. I respect the shit out of Cody uh, and Brandy. I think they are awesome. More of them. Uh, I, I think, you know, again, and. And the fact that these guys, you know, Kenny, the Bucks, and, and Cody are running the show and they're booking the show, it's like, oh, man, that's four different people with four different ideas um, booking, you know, a wrestling company. It, it's, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It just seems like that would be a, like, who, who, who has the final say? You know, I guess Tony Khan? I mean, who who really... Who's really steering this ship? Like, who is really like, all right, this is the direction we're going. And this is how we're going to get there. And this is who is we're going to use to to lead us. You know, who? it's just, I don't know. So, as far as All Out goes, I'm really, 
after watching these three events, you know, from Double or Nothing to Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen, and then looking at this all-out card right now, I'm really not, like, down to, to, to sh- you know, shill, shill out money for the show. You know, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sold on anything. You know, Jericho, Page, Jericho versus Hangman Page is your main event, and it's like, eh, like, Jericho better win. <laughs> it's like, my only thing is like, yeah, but Jericho better win, and I really don't care about watching the match, uh, with all due respect to Chris Jericho, and, and everybody, and Paige, too, I just don't care about this match right now. I don't really care about Sean Spears and Cody. I definitely don't care about the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, you know, again, with all due respect to all these athletes, I'm just telling you as a fan, as an observer, I don't care. So those are the three main matches. And uh, Kenny versus Moxley, again, I don't care about seeing that match. So there's your four main matches, and I have no interest in any of those. I was just talking earlier about how I don't really care about the SummerSlam card. But I have more interest in the characters that are competing at SummerSlam than I do the characters that are competing at All Out. So, again, just... It's it's tough, man, because I just love wrestling so much. I'm so damn obsessed with it still to this day. I'm, I've been sitting here these last few days watching old Velocities and Heats from O2. Like, I'm just, I really can't explain why I just lo- love wrestling. I, and I think what I love about wrestling, too, is the nostalgia. I mean, everyone loves this nostalgia, right? I mean, you just we just saw the Raw reunion, and we saw all the numbers that popped up for that and all the people that tuned in because we all love our nostalgia man we we all love being taken back 10 15 20 years maybe 30 years you know to when we were younger and when we were growing uh as far as at a young age and that's the kind of stuff we like and so i don't know if it's uh what it is for me about wrestling that that just it won't go away man it it feels like it's something that i just can't get rid of i feel like i annoy my my girlfriend with my love of wrestling like like whatever like i like people are like oh my like like oh my god like 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 that was a lot of likes but hopefully this uh podcast gets a lot of likes and i get a lot of likes on all my social media pages guys that would be appreciated you know like this Mitch Please podcast page. Say that five times fast. Mitch Please podcast page. And go ahead and like Team Valentine. Uh, like Got Mitch Marketing. And like Pro Championship Entertainment. And before I end this show here, I did want to talk about Pro Championship Entertainment a little bit. My stand-up comedy ventures. Again, they're just uh, something I haven't been able to get into i haven't done this show in in a couple months and you know i'll be honest guys i've been kind of just i don't know what the word is just kind of like not feeling doing shows and stuff i'm just not feeling it like i did four shows in a month back in uh from june to july from uh, june 7th to july 6th i did four pce stand-up comedy events i did 
uh, one in Marysville. I did one in Paradise. And then I did two in Orville. And for the most part, they were successful. And everything turned out pretty damn good. But for some reason, I'm just not really feeling like stand-up comedy. I'm just not feeling the urge right now, the pull to get up and perform. It's just kind of how my life goes. It's up and down with these, with these, uh, I guess, urges to to perform. It's been really up and down uh, recently, especially like this last year. Uh, you guys have seen, you know, seen I've, I've stepped away for four months from comedy, came back. Uh, it's just, again, I listen to God, really. It's, I try to listen to God and listen to that voice, you know, that that feeling, you know, my heart, like everything. I try to f just feel what I want to do, and if I don't feel like doing something... I'm not going to do it because it's just not the way I want to live my life. I want to do what I feel, what hopefully God feels is right for me. So, you know, I think we all go through it, man. I think we all have uh, things that bring us down. I think we all have things that bring us up. I think we all deal with, you know, depression. I think we all deal with anger. I think we all deal with, you know, relevance you know what are we doing here what why like what's our purpose like what does this really matter does that really matter like do i really care i mean what can i do what do you want me to do like what am i supposed to do like why am i supposed to do it like just questions and just things we all i think ask ourselves every day so that's just what's been going on with me guys you know just a guy i love wrestling uh, I do have a PCE stand-up comedy event on September 21st at the Copa de Oro in Oroville, California. I am actually really excited for this. Uh, Ellis Rodriguez is going to be headlining that event. And that guy is absolutely amazing. Uh, I did a show with him at Reading at Woody's Bruin. And after I saw him perform... I had a Woody Bruin, <laughs> so, no, he's great, he really is, he uh, really gave myself and Dylan Collins an opportunity at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento several months back, and, yeah, I mean, he just got his own Pandora channel, I'm really surprised the guy is not contracted somewhere, and I really am excited to be bringing him to Oroville, California, uh, to do this event, so... Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, PCE, stand-up comedy, Copa de Oro, September 21st. It's a Saturday. It's going to start at 8 o'clock, and I believe tickets are 15 bucks. So go ahead and uh, get those tickets while you can. Last time we did a show at Copa de Oro, we nearly sold it out, and it was a great show. And again, it's just uh, something that I am gonna do and i'm gonna do it in september on the 21st and right now it's early august as i record this and i just want to thank everybody for any and all support that you give me whether it's on social media liking pages comments sending messages you know all that stuff you know 
and then in real life, you know, being like, hey, man, uh, nice, nice podcast, nice, you know, whatever. I, I saw, I saw this video, like, you know, I, I just, I appreciate you. I think we all just want to be appreciated. You know, we all want to be appreciated. We all want to be respected and we all just want purpose. And that is just something that, you know, I need to find is my purpose. And I hope we all are either fulfilling our purpose or we're searching for our purpose. So that's just something that is really important to me. And so I'm going to keep searching uh, for my purpose and I'm going to keep doing what I love. And I appreciate everyone that listened to Mitch, please. And you guys know that here at Mitch, please, it's all love.